This is episode 25, your pre-season 2020 NFL season kickoff show from the boys at Waxback Lyrical. I'm Brian, as you're probably aware, because I doubt we get many, many listeners these days, and with my co-hosts, Dan and Ryan. We're going to talk you through the comings and goings over the last few weeks of the hobby, and we'll bring you our predictions for the NFL season ahead. Right, gentlemen, since we last got together, which was probably about three or four weeks ago, uh, what have you been up to? I know you guys have both been on holiday, but um, let's start with you, Dan Hewitt. Uh, breaking. Breaking a lot. Not hitting anything. As Which, you know, you could pre-record that for this show, I think. Um, I picked up a few uh, few one-on-ones. A few odd, odd bits out of the, out the group. Um, started venturing into the world of Pokemon cards. That's that's a that's a big issue in my life at the minute. Um, I don't I don't really still don't quite know how I feel about that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, just uh, ticking along, ticking along hobby wise. Okay, after that startling revelation that that drops Dan way down in in our opinions, uh, let's <laughs> see what what Ryan's been up to. Um, so yeah, so uh, we've just added such a glut of uh, new product um, over the last couple of months that I've kind of taken the Brian Walter um, approach, which is that I'm not going to buy all the Darrington Evans like a week after the products come out. So I'm just waiting, I've given it another few weeks, and I'm going to step back in and get some um, Darrington Evans. Um, obviously, Tops 2020, Project 2020, been cracking on with it. Um, it's really weird. It feels like buses, you know. Um, you don't get a card that you're collecting for a while. So I'm collecting Bob Gibson and Gregory Sif, and you don't get any for ages. And then suddenly I log in. Normally when I'm just quite drunk as well, and I've forgotten to have a look, and um, suddenly bloody I've got to buy all these cards. But that's going really, really nicely. And we were having a chat before the show, like, and we'll we'll talk a little bit in a, in a, in a while. But the the designs just for me just keep getting better and better. So um, that's really been quite enjoyable. And the other thing is uh, um, because I'm trying to sell the house, I've been I framed some of my stuff, and um, so I had this lovely Earl Campbell handshake with Walter painting. You know, like you know, just a beautiful image, and it's got blue ink on it. So I did it all nice, framed it up, and I was about to put it up in the bedroom, and then the missus and me had a bit of an argument. But so it's ended up um, on the stairs. So clearly, I lost that argument. Um, but there you go. Excellent. Well, uh, card-wise, um, yeah, Project Twenty Twenty picked up a few Griffey cards that, that have been coming out. Uh, Sophia Chang as well picked up a couple of those. Uh, NFL side, it's probably just the Hunter Bryant PC that I've been swooping and buying bits and pieces. I picked up one of the black one ones. Uh, might have done it before the last show. I can't remember now. It all blurs into one, kind of. Uh, there's one more one of one in the uh, prism for me to get and the uh, seven. Then that's done and dusted. A few more autos. Uh, there were rumours that he wasn't going to make the uh, make the cut when the NFL rosters were cut down last week. But he did make it. Uh, he's not even got an injured reserve. So hopefully he will be appearing in a few more products because a couple of the products have come out recently. He's not been there at all. Uh, Seahawks-wise, there's not really a lot out there. Uh, our rookie class was uh, offensive linemen, linebackers, injured pass rushers from Tennessee. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, so so there's not many of their cards out there, and they're all quite dirt cheap anyway. So even the new product we've got, um, Mosaic, that's issued tomorrow, there's like two autographs in there for the entire Seahawks. So, so breaking-wise, not entered into hardly anything at all. I did a, a memorabilia auction with... Uh, the UK group, I got the Titans, Ryan got the Seahawks, so we swapped that, and Ryan got a, a nice photo from that, which he will, let, will end up in his basement because we know who wears the trousers in-house, as he, as he just said. So uh, get a divorce, mate, then you can do what you want. That's my life anyway. So, so yeah, that's it, hobby-wise. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've all been up to. Let's move on to hobby news. And the first item, uh, Dan, what can you tell us about uh, Panini actually selling some NFL cards in the UK. Yeah, so uh, nothing really in terms of a press release. Just a uh, just a post on Instagram. There's nothing on the there's nothing on the web page or anything like that. Just a post on Instagram saying that Penny in the UK are going to start selling um, like direct to sale in the UK mosaic hobby, which 
I'm sure for all of our UK listeners is uh, is going to be great and you know massive news. Um, I have been able to get a bit of a sort of insider scoop, maybe. Um, it's going to be very limited from the person I've spoken to. Um, it is literally just going to be sold by Panini. I imagine with it being so limited, um, it is going to be X amount of purchases per person, one box or whatever. Um, also, it's probably going to be quite expensive from from the way they worded it and how expensive it is in the US. I believe it's it's possibly going to be quite expensive because from the way they worded it on the email, it doesn't sound like it's coming direct from Panini, if you like. So with them being separate companies, Panini UK and Panini US, it doesn't feel like, it feels like Panini UK have to buy the product. Um, and then there's all the sort of the import stuff. So um, price-wise might be a little bit, Nah, but I imagine it'll probably still be cheaper than buying it in the US and getting it shipped over here by the time you've done your own import fees and, and everything else on top of that. It'll probably still be cheaper. And it is it is a massive step, isn't it? You know, finally getting some product that we can get direct access to is a, is a really, really good thing. Because we've seen the advertised price for Mosaic in the States at $850 a box. So which works out to, what, about, about 670 of your English pounds, somewhere around that. So it's probably going to be retail about hundred a box. Where you say it's going to be, be limited to, to a certain per person. If you can afford to buy three boxes at seven hundred pound a box, then uh, I want you to come out and night out with me, mate, and you can pay for the drinks. So I would uh, I would be surprised if it is seven hundred pounds a box. Um, Dan, did, was it definitely hobby boxes and not blasters? Yes, definitely hobby. Okay. Um, there's also the, you know, something else I've, I've sort of been looking into in recent weeks and um, Ryan knows about this. So sort of looking at um, distributors prices and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so when you compare what actually Panini UK might be able to buy it for and then what Blowout sell it for, there's, there's um, plenty of room in them charging 300 quid a box and still making a fortune. Am I right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I think we would, uh, just off the top of my head, um, the general RRP from, or cost price roughly from Panini on a hobby box of Mosaic, I think was $135 or $140. So that's what distributors were buying in, but even they were making a little bit on top. So yeah, you start so, thinking about blowout. We're originally saying one hundred and eighty, sorry, eight hundred and fifty dollars a box. That's all them. That's all them. That's not Panini putting it. Like we, we, I, both Dan and I have seen a sell sheet, an internal sell sheet for a distributor that could offer or sell them at one hundred and thirty-five to one hundred and forty dollars pre-sale. On mosaic, oh, that's a bit of profit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we got you know, there was a debate uh, that came up, uh, obviously in the group, and I'm sure people have all been debating about, you know, the increase in box prices, and we were looking at it, and we just got a little bit lucky with um, a, a bit of inside info and a document that we got sent on some pre-sale, a product, and it, it really is glaring to you about who's pushing the price of boxes. <laughs> Because these guys are still buying it in a um, normal price that Panini is setting it at. So if Panini offered it at £300 a box over here, if you bought three or four boxes, put a couple away and rip one, in a year's time, as we've all said, seal waxes away, you, I think you probably quite easy to double your money because Mosaic looks a decent product. And there's I'll, some I'll be this year. I'll be honest, if it was 300 quid a box and you could buy it, I'd buy the max you could and I wouldn't even wait. I'd just flip them to the States and knock 100 quid off blowouts price, $100 off blowouts price. You're still going to be cheaper than everybody else who's selling it. I'd just flip it straight away. But then you've got, it'd have to come from the States to here and then you'd have to send it straight back, wouldn't you? But 
No, because it's coming from Panini UK, and it. They're going to have they're going to have the boxes in, and we'll ship yeah. them out from UK. So yeah. if they're charging you three hundred quid a box, I'll send it to somebody in America for seven hundred dollars. You know? Yeah, and I'm still going to be undercutting blowout by hundred dollars, so everybody everybody wins. Postage is quite expensive though, but yeah, but you know. I also don't think, I mean, we'll get into some of the products in that, but I don't think um, Mosaic is sort of like uh, in that range of um, like unparalleled or an XR. So because it does have its own sort of market, uh, particularly internationally, um, because of the success of the NBA product. So you could foresee that the the box price um, obviously dropping from 850, but could be quite solid. It's not going to drop as far if it was three hundred dollars. I say you buy them. That'd be quite. A, it's a quite a solid investment in a product. Oh yeah, from the uh, from the advanced pictures and stuff, and that Patini been sending out from Mosaic, it does look like um, maybe an upper class select, and select is is quite a standout product. So, okay, let's move on from from that before we uh, we drag this show out too long. Uh, just for you guys listening, uh, Dan Hewitt is going to rip. He's got about half a dozen packs of score, which he said he wants to rip during the show. Uh, so if you hear Russell in the background, that is Dan uh, opening his <laughs> his crap packs. But anyway, <laughs> right. Second, sure yeah, second news item we're going to cover now. Uh, I'm sure most people listening are aware of this story. About two, three weeks ago now, the single card record was broken in the States where the Mike Trout Superfractor, which sold for was it $3.9 million uh, from the legendary Vegas Dave, a man who bought this card two years ago for $400,000. And on one of our previous shows, we all sat here and scoffed at him and said, well, the bloke's obviously dumb. He's just basically thrown $400 down the drain. Could have spent on a lot better things than that. But time to eat crow. How do you like it served? Uh, yeah, he sold it for $3.9 million. Does anyone actually know who's bought this card? Because no one seems to have any idea. So obviously, us three, I mean, if you listen to guys out there that connect to the hobby, no one seems to know who's bought it. Pete Reuben's saying they reckon he might have bought it himself just to put value on it. But who knows? Guys, what do we think about a card going for close to $4 million, Ryan? Um. I think it was inevitable. We we're probably going to get up to those levels, but I think it surprises me somewhat that we've got there with 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 now and and particularly with Mike Trout. I'm not quite sure he's he's, he's riding a wave, isn't he? Um, after some of the stuff that recently has happened with, with particularly with Michael Jordan for and some of the Fleer stuff. So. Um, no, it doesn't surprise me. I just, like I said, I just can't, I can't trust Vegas Dave. This is the guy that bought, that sold a counterfeit um, Michael Jordan rookie and then claimed that he didn't know. Um, so, uh, who was indicted last year for NASCAR 2020 felony convictions. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if something awry had happened with it. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. I think we are getting to that stage where people generally think on two levels. One, that they think that the market will continue, and I agree with that, uh, and they could probably flip it maybe in another two years for an extra 500000 or a million. Uh, and number two, where it's seen as such a commodity card that people want that unique card. Do you know what I mean? They want that super refractor. I've got the super refractor. It's like... I don't know. It's like having James Bond's original Aston Martin. It's it's you know there's only you know that kind of thing. I've got this card and nobody else has got it, and I've got millions of pounds and you know that kind of thing. So I could see I could see the record not lasting long either. I think there are probably cards out there that may 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 top that very soon. Dan, what do you think? And where are you actually keeping the card now you've bought it? <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> um, I. I I think it's a great thing. I think it's a, think it's a good thing for the hobby. I really do. Um, you know, th- for the hobby to have, to have grown to those sort of those sort of levels, um, I, I think it's amazing to be seen as sort of a viable I- investment sort of thing rather than just 
you know, grown men collecting bits of cardboard. Um, I, I, th- I think it's great. I'm not. Su- I'm not quite as surprised about it being Mike Trout as as Ryan is sort of the uh, the air alert and it's baseball, isn't it? So, um, as we've as we've touched on, baseball rules the hobby world. Um, so it was always going to be it was always going to be a baseball player that did it. Um, I'd be interested to see what it does for the others. You know, I'd be interested to see what it does for um, the, the basketball side and the NFL side, the Mahomes cards and your Zions and your Jaws Super Fractors. Um, I don't know. Has anybody has anybody claimed the uh, the Zion five hundred thousand dollar? Reward. I think I might want a bit more than that now if I pulled it. Um, that's that's, that's I, still still become uh, still to be pulled. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and at, at the end of the day, oh, Trout included, all these players are still going to have to do something. Because is is Trout going to be a Hall of Fame player? Yes. Is his card going to be worth four million dollars if he doesn't win a World Series? Probably not. And you know. <laughs> they've still got to go and they've still got to go and do that. Is is Mahomes, are Mahomes cards going to be worth as much as Brady's if he doesn't if he doesn't match Brady? If he only wins two Super Bowls from that, you know between now and the rest of his career, he wins three in total. It, it, are his cards going to be worth as much as Brady's, or do Brady's get another bump on the fact that actually he was that good? You know, he was so much better than than everybody else. Um, I, I, th- I think definitely think it's interesting times. Okay. Right, let's move on to the third news item. Uh, Project 2020, as everyone knows, uh, all three of us here collected. Ryan, what can you tell us about the uh, the dip in sales numbers? Yeah, so we, we, you know, we've seen this huge bubble that happened around sort of card 60 and onwards, and this sort of slow slide. It has been quite a slow slide, certainly in the last month, where the print runs have come down. Um and we've discussed it offline and online and everywhere else, but is it because the popularity of it? Is it because the investors are basically realizing they're not going to make much money out of it, so they've all dropped out? It doesn't really matter because we, all three of us, basically are collecting, um, so it doesn't really bother us. Um, but it is quite nice when you have, you've bought a card that has a really low print run <laughs> um, in terms of its value. So, yes, we've, we've had the... Uh, uh, Rivera Natural this week um, print run dropped below 2,000 came in at 1,902 which is the first time so that's card this is card 233 and it's the first time since card number 56 that the PR has dropped below 2 and that was Rivera Old Man Allen so um, not not that surprising he's not been one of the top top selling um, players, uh, each row like is nuts, and Mike Trout they're way way ahead of pretty much everybody else, I think. Um, so it's not surprising, but as we were talking off air before show, um, the designs keep rolling on, and some of them are absolutely sweet. You know, do not sleep on this product if you're into baseball or not. Um, there's a bit something for everybody and um, there's there's some absolutely stunning stuff out there and I think the Derek Jeter was it last back end of last week Dan that that was a really interesting card really nice card yeah it was the um, oh you're going to ask me who um, I think that was Old Man Allen yeah it was Old Man Allen yeah Um, yeah Old Man Allen yeah it was um, a better playing card basically yeah, um, but a sort of old-fashioned playing card um, with Jeter on, and then the, the pictures in reverse, and is the uh, facsimile autograph across the middle. Yeah, I really, really like that card. In, fa- in fairness, it's one of the uh, yeah, it's great. It's one of the nicer ones of the set. I have to say. So as we've seen with that Rivera card, which is two three three, that's the nineteen hundred print run, and we were looking earlier today, and the, the pre-sales of that, people are buying it for sixty-five. To up to $75 a time when that eventually comes round to being in people's hands to s- send out I think they're going to find that a lot of people will be returning the cards for, for spurious reasons because again they can pick it up for $25-$30 a time pre-sales are, are all well and good but the amount of people that are uh, getting returns there's guys on the the, uh, the 2020 Facebook groups that we're all, all three members of putting up pictures over the last week saying, oh, these are our boxes of cards that we ordered from Tops. We're not even opening them because we're not interested now. And they've got boxes of like 300 cards stacked 10 high in their basements because they're not opening them. That's where the, the bottom's dropped out of the market. 
it's good for us collectors, as Ryan said, when we're all collecting uh, various player sets or artist sets where you can. And there are guys flogging off their their extras now for seven dollars a time, which was if we'd have hung on, we could have, you know, what I mean, instead of paying the seventeen to twenty dollars a time that we're paying at the moment, depending on if you get the uh, the double pack or not, could have picked it up for seven bucks a time. The only reason to get it from the tops uh, themselves is people looking for that gold frame one of one. But that's when there's eight thousand cards coming. It that is Willy Wonka's gold ticket in it. So. So yeah, maybe it's an idea just just to hang back and and get cards when they, when they actually come out. But well, I think I bought my last <clears throat> card from Tops. I bought quite probably half and half from Tops and from from eBay sellers as well because we, we joined it quite late. So there are a few that we needed to get into. Um, I think looking into that when I, I bought a card from Tops in the last week, and it told me that the amount of Tops points I had is basically the amount of dollars I've spent. You think, wow, I've spent a fair bit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The top points are worth jack shit anyway, so you can't wait for them. So, anyway, that's fine for me as a single boy, but for you married gentlemen, might be time to hide those uh, those emails from tops when they come through. So, right, that's the uh, the news section cover for this time. Uh, right on to the NFL season. NFL season is starting tonight. Where when you hear this, you'll all be aware of the first game: Houston Texans against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. NFL season starts tonight, but before that, these products have released in the last two or three months. It's been quite a bit of overkill. We're not going to run through like we used to in the good old days and we'd stumble across what they cost and such like because we'd all start swearing at the current prices. So in no particular order, these products have all come out in the last couple of months. Uh, draft picks, contenders draft, score, crap, flash, Legacy, Obsidian Draft, Chronicles Draft, Luminance, Prestige, which was Blaster only, John Russ Elite, Gold Standard, Elements, Certified, Panini Black, Don Russ, and Immaculate Collegiate. Out of those, about 14, 15 that we've listed there, uh, a couple that we like, a couple that we don't like. Let's start with you, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, uh, I sort of flip-flopped over the last 12 months since, uh, since we had the first... Uh, incarnation, but I think the more and more I, I think legacy is uh, is a good good rip um, kind of kind of box. I quite like to, to you know personally rip. I think it's got some good stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot of collegiate stuff, but yeah, I think it's uh, showing the test of time now. Considering we've got quite a few other products out, so uh, there's some really nice stuff in there. So wouldn't mind a bit of that. Um, yeah, I thought Luminance this year wasn't great. Um, you know, I, I did like Chronicles Draft. I thought that was fantastic. Um, gold Standard. I mean, it, it's easy for me to sort of go to Elements or something like that, but I just think Gold Standard's just disappointing. I just think it's a disappointing product. Uh, and and uh, it looks a bit cheap and nasty to me. So um, Gold Standard is not the one. It's the one that I'd probably avoid. Dan, what are your favourites and least favourites mate um favourites uh yeah i've always had a bit of a soft spot for the product and price wise in comparison to other products that are out there um leaf flash one of my favourites so you you know it's only 180 dollars a box you're getting six autographs compare that to score your favourite brian um which is still which is still selling for 184 dollars a box (laughs) <laughs> which is just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, uh, yeah, something like that. I uh, The other one I quite like this year, um, and Ryan will love this one as well, is Elements. I really quite like that product this year. I think uh, the little bits I think they've done to it have, have really improved it, and the metal, the on-card metal autographs go from strength to strength. Some of them look absolutely fantastic. Um, some of the darker coloured ones with sort of white or silver ink on or, or whatever really pop. Um, so they, them, them for me, I, yeah, I quite like this year. Similar to uh, similar to what Ryan said, disappointed with Gold Standard. I'd say I'm disappointed with Chronicles Draft. Sorry, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but I, I just the thing I, I just. I just don't get how I can get an XR rookie card of a rookie, and then it's going to come out in XR. 
That's fair enough. I just, I just don't get it. Like, I, to be fair, hopefully it means the dumping XR because that'd be good as well. No, but no, um, that's coming out, mate. <laughs> oh, it is coming out. Is yeah, it? That, that, is, that, is, that coming is coming out. out. That's, that's that's a shame. That's a, so that was the only thing I was clinging on to. Open <laughs> dumping some of the some of the products that we're not particularly attached to. And uh, but yeah, I, I just I can't get on board with that with the fact that it's going to come out in an actual set and yet it's it's coming out before it doesn't make sense to my head. So. Chronicles draft, I am a fan of. I like the variety of the different sets you can pick up from there. Um, gold standard to me is substandard. It's a cheap looking product which has, has trebled in price since it came back a couple of years ago. Um, Immaculate Collegiate now. Some of the bits in there are quite good. It wasn't too badly priced as well. I think it was about $395 for a box. Some of the patches were nice. Some of it looked a bit cheap. But I think with, with all products at the moment, we kind of have to give all the companies a bit of a mulligan because with the, the pandemic going on, it, it's with production and getting autographs in and out and getting cards signed, I think it's quite difficult for them. However, I did notice one which I shared with the guys here. There was a nice uh, Jacob Easton University of Washington uh, Rose Bowl patch, which appeared on eBay. And the fact he didn't appear in any in the Rose Bowl at all kind of devalues that completely. So that's just a it's just a bullshit thing. <laughs> Do some research. Come on, guys. He didn't play in uh, didn't play in that at all. And so it's not the first time we saw it earlier in the season with a Joe Burrow um, with a patch in a game that he actually never never played in. Exactly. Even though they're going to say they're player worn, you didn't play in that bowl game, so it completely devalues the card. Now, Panini Black, I like the idea. Some of the patches are nice, the signatures are nice, but the stock that they keep coming out on, every single break that I've seen, people are coming out and the break is saying, sorry guys, the cards are, are, are chips around the edge, they're battered and stuff. So that, that kind of devalues it. They haven't got like the luxury finish that, that Black Gold had back in 2014-15. Those are like stunning cards, and they kind of had a rounded finish to them. They weren't cut off sharp, so that stops the cards from flaking and get, getting chipped at the edges. So, so yeah, those are the products that come out. Uh, what is coming up in the next few weeks for releases, guys? Does anyone know when Leaf Trent is coming out? Because I've always been quite a fan of that. It should be coming out pretty soon, no? Or, um, it is. Yeah, end of the month, 25th. Now, that previously was about $105 a box. Yeah, 105 I think when last year, I remember it sort of, sort of, I don't know, about 130 I thought it was last year. It's going to be 200 isn't it, without a doubt. So. Uh, 159 so 160 160 Is that pre-sale price? Yeah. So, you know, again, that, that's a lot for one pack of basically five or six cards in there so you have to hit something to get your money back and as collectors it is going to be the uh, the wait and see and pick up see who's in there that you want to pick up so anyway right then 2020 season does start tonight our time here let's move on to what we think is going to happen in the season Dan do you want to start ripping your packs now while me and Ryan uh, talk a bit of crap for a while <laughs> already done one already done one got an okay. autograph and everything what, what, what did you rip mate uh, 20, 2012 score got Marvin Jones rookie auto. If you're gonna say if you're gonna say a 2012 Russell Wilson auto, then it, we might have had a few. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you keep ripping. Before we go on to predictions for the Super Bowl and who we think are gonna be picking the top three in next year's draft, let's have a little discussion about our own teams and how we think they're gonna do. Ryan, your Tennessee Titans are, are quite favoured to go deep this year. So uh, how do you think they're actually gonna do? Yeah, well, I wasn't getting that impression, if I'm honest, Brian. <laughs> uh, every single article I read and every single podcast preseason review basically says that we were lucky last season and we're going to hugely regress and that the Colts are the best team in our division and they're going to walk it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mildly optimistic. I think we, we have an opportunity to win the division. I think we will win the division. Um, and uh, we, uh, Tannehill was the best quarterback in the NFL uh, last year, statistically. Um, I think that he now will have a full season. I think he'll be he'll be good enough. 
I think he'll be good enough. Um, and um, but I, I think it's our defense. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody, but I think that our defense really has improved. I hear a lot of people go on about Gerald Casey. We lost him. Yeah, that's fine, but that's just confidence in in Simmons, uh, who was outstanding, particularly in the playoffs. So adding Vic Beasley, who. <sighs> hasn't got off to the best start in his Titans career, shall we say. Um, adding Clowney in last week just uh, puts a real you know, cherry on the top. I think our defence will be very, very good. I've just swapped out our defence on a fantasy league because I think all that pressure up front allows... Um, allows us to hopefully increase our turnovers um, uh, which will which will take us over top I think we'll be good this season I think we'll, but um, I, I see us in the playoffs um, uh, we'll see we'll see I, I don't think the AFC outside of the top tier teams which everybody knows I don't think it's that great outside it and I, I think that we can probably beat anybody on any given day I, I would be surprised if we got to the AFC Championship again, but I definitely think we'll have a, 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 a at least a win or two in the playoffs. Okay, Dan, how do you think your Giants are going to do this year? I've uh, I've got really mixed emotions <laughs> going into this. Um, so obviously we've got we've got the new uh, we've got the new coach, um, which originally makes you. Um, pull your hair out because he's just some special teams coordinator he's never heard of um, and, and then when you start looking into him a little bit you know he's, he's worked for uh, Saban he's worked for Bill Belichick for a number of years um, he actually seems to you know to have come from a, a decent coaching tree you'd, you'd hope he's got plenty of experience and, and maybe turn things around we drafted and for the first time that I've been a Giants fan we actually drafted by positional need rather than best on the board um, which I in my opinion would he would have had something to do with because every coach we've ever had as long as I've been watching the NFL as the Giants have always picked um, just best on the board it doesn't matter what position they play if that's the best player in our ratings then that's that's what we're going with um, which I, I thought was good because you know we've had glaringly obvious holes <laughs> our team for years and years that we just haven't fixed um, due to that strategy and I, I think they needed fixing and then the stories break about him having the quarterback running laps and all of this sort of thing and now for, for me I think I, I personally think that's a good thing I think I don't care who he is if um, he fucks up you, you pay for that <laughs> you know because if you do it on a Sunday and it costs us a game, then you better damn well pay for it. So you're going to do it in practice, go and run a lap. Now, obviously, the uh, media, let's say in America, don't see, don't don't share that same opinion. Um, believe he's a quarterback and doesn't have to doesn't have to do any running. You know that's not in his remit. Um, so all of that all in, I think it's going to be really, really boom or bust in that. If we start badly, sort of go well and 3-0 and 4, I think he could be sat by sort of week 10, week 11. <laughs> and that was the end of that. It'll just be a massive failed experiment and off you go. Alternatively, I think the discipline that he's putting in the team, that I think is a good thing, might really pay dividends and hopefully we can go out and go out and have a good year. Knowing the NFC East, we don't have to have the best year in the world to sort of sneak in the playoffs. So, you know... And once we get there, we all know what what the Giants are capable of. So you you never know. But I, I aren't holding out masses of hope. I hope it goes the right way, certainly. But it, I think it will be very, very boom or bust. Okay, let's move on to the uh, Seahawks. Um, well, it, it's it's quite difficult to predict anything when no one's seen any preseason games because everyone's drafted players, everyone's signed free agents. Preseason games do give you a, a bit of a uh, Bit of an idea of, of to what's coming up, who looks good, who is dreadful. Um, Seahawks wise, yeah, Jamal Adams do make a big difference. Our secondary now um, is probably uh, one of the top two or three in the NFL. With uh, as long as Mr. Dunbar stays out of jail, unlike the uh, the rogue Giants player he was he was hanging around with Dan, who's been cut and looks like he's spending the next fifteen years in jail. 
Uh, Quinton yeah. Dunbar seems to have got out of it, even though apparently there was a few text messages this week, week that that kind of put him back in the frame for something. But he, he's not been uh, removed from the uh, from the squad by the, uh, the commissioner as yet. So the secondary looks good. Linebackers look good. We drafted Jordan Brooks and uh, Bruce Irvin's come back. So our defensive line is looking extremely shoddy. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to stop the run. I don't think we've got to rush the passer either. So that could be difficult. Uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, we are we are good. We've got, obviously, Russell Wilson is a top three quarterbacks, without a doubt. No one can really argue that anymore. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson in the contract year as well. Got Carlos Hyde there as well. So DJ Dallas apparently is the name to look out for, judging by all the beat reporters who've been at the Seahawks camp. Fourth round pick out of Miami this year. He looks like he's supposed to be uh, the star of trading camp. And the tight end room looks really good if Will Disley can stay fit. Uh, we've got Greg Olsen in on a one-year, $7 million deal before he goes into the commentary booth. Um, yeah, offensively, really good. Defensively, two bits good, one bit <clears throat> extremely poor. Uh, so I can probably see us going 10-6, and six, but the games we're going to win, they're going to be games like 31-28 all the time. So, yeah. And obviously, we've given up two first-round picks with Jamal Adams, which... In my book, with the way the things are, yeah, he's a proven, he's all pro, he's young, he's hungry. And especially with the pandemic, with half of the college games probably not going to take place this year, it makes next year's draft a huge crapshoot. So it's even more so than normal. So if there was a time to give up uh, first round picks, I think this is the actual the time to do it. So, So yeah, there we go. That's the Seahawks for you. Right, gentlemen, who do we think is going to make the Super Bowl this year? What is your matchup? Let's start with uh, Dan Hewitt. Ah, dear. I, uh, I think the Chiefs get there again. I think they're just too good. Um, I'd like to think potentially the Ravens or whatever could, could push them a little bit and Give them a game in the in in the playoffs in the AFC, but I think I think the Ravens might struggle a little bit more than what they did last year. I think the the teams in their division have got will be a little bit better than they were last year. Um, I think the Browns are going to give them a game coming up this Sunday for a start, and the Steelers with the Big Ben fully fit and playing a whole season, they'll be a completely different prospect as well. So um, yeah, can't can't see past the Chiefs in the AFC. In the NFC. Uh, it's a bit of a toss-up. You know, I'd probably say Saints. I'd probably say we'll end up with a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl. And unfortunately, I think the Chiefs win it. <laughs> OK, Ryan, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Uh, yeah, I think it's Cowboys versus Indians. Uh, I think it's Chiefs versus the Cowboys. Um, I... 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 I, I I think Ravens will be <clears throat> will be uh, good, but um, I think the Steelers are way better than they're going to be with Roethlisberger back. So you could see them splitting games with 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 the Steelers. Um, so they'll be good, but I don't think they'll be the best team in the end in, in the AFC. I think that will be the Chiefs, and then um, like I said, I I hope that my own Titans uh, get some revenge. But I think it, you know Chiefs are, are on paper and are proven are the best team in the AFC, um, and in the NFC I really think that the Cowboys have a real shot at going. I think the Saints are right up there. I absolutely agree. I think the 49ers clearly will bounce back. Um, but but I just have this, yeah, I just have this feeling, uh, uh, Cowboys. Okay. Um, yeah, it's hard to look past the NFC behind, uh, past even the Ravens or the, or the Chiefs. So uh, I think that the fact that there is always a bit of a bit of a hangover for the Super Bowl champions as such. Uh, I think I'm going for Baltimore. And <sighs> NFC side, I think the 49ers are going to regress, to be honest with you. Garoppolo is, is not that good. They've got so many wide receivers out. Um, they're in their window because they've got, over the next two or three years, a lot of players coming up for, for big contracts on that defensive line, which is their strength. So... Um, yeah, um, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints as well. I went with them last year and gave them a kiss of death. So, if everyone stays fit and everything is equal, 
then yeah, uh, a Baltimore New Orleans Super Bowl, winning it. Who knows? It would be nice to see Drew Brees win it because this is probably going to be his last season, isn't it? So, so that'll be good. Right, flipping it over onto the bottom feeders of the NFL. Uh, which three teams do we think we're picking one, two, and three in the draft next year? Uh, let's start with you again, Dan. Jags, Washington football team. Uh, and that's. Uh, you want to third say the worst. I, third, I know I do. Yeah, and third worst. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I think there's. I think there's a conversation over third worst. But I think. I think head and shoulders. Them two are going to be. Going to be the worst teams in the NFL for me. Okay, Ryan, give us your list. Uh, Jags, Washington team, Jets. Jets as well. Okay. Yeah, the Jags appear to be to be tanking and getting rid of actually everybody to to get. Loads of draft picks in the biggest crapshoot ever because, as we said, the college season being hit and miss, basically. Uh, they are going to be in the bottom three picks, which means they're going to pick up someone like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or someone like that, which is the value of my Minshew card by about 75%. So, <laughs> fuck you for doing that. <laughs> Although, if this season... Anyone could be anyone, especially early on, because no one's seen any film of anyone. No one knows what's going on. It's only after week four or five where all the, the good teams and the well-coached teams, the good, better players, they know exactly what's going on and where the cream does come to the top. So, Yeah, but Minshew, real... Minshew is shit. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, I've, seen, I've watched him play football live and I think he was one of the shittest quarterbacks I've seen play live. Um, I've never seen so someone shit their pants as much as he did in that game. Um, did you and... never watch Buccaneers when Winston played for them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. If the, it's true. If the Jags go four and zero to start the season, I will be flipping that Minshew card for a couple of grand. I think you should sell it now. I literally think you should put it on like some sort of like forty-eight hour sale on eBay and just get rid of that thing. After the first couple of games, mate, let's let's sit back and see what happens. You never all know, right, do you? All right, cool, you know. cool, cool. You know, we'll we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> In hope, one thing. So yeah, Washington football team as well. And third pick, despite all the hype, I can see the Bengals picking high again because the NFL is a much different game to the college game. Burrow had what one season at LSU where he was was the man and stuff, and everyone's bigged him up so much. But let's see how he, he plays in the big boy league. Let's uh, see how that goes. Uh, and the Bengals, they just, they're just not a franchise that ever seems to get it right. They're, they're cheap and they, they're a cheap and nasty franchise. Sorry, only Bengals fans, but you are. They, they, they are. <laughs> the, 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 no, I, the, the thing is, is it, it's literally that is, the, you know, I think we talked about it on a show maybe last year or preseason, maybe year four. God knows. Um, but they are a team that literally, it's like the Jaguars, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit if they're in the Super Bowl. As long as they take their season money, they're happy. Their owners that don't really don't want success, they're not building for success. It's like the Jets. They're not building for success, they're just happy to take the revenue money. Well, there's no, there's not, that revenue money is going to be clamped this season, do you know what I'm saying? So you need to make some sensible decisions about what you want to do about your franchise. But uh, but that's what's unfortunate for the Bengals because they literally have had no desire to win. Their their ownership hasn't. It's just like we're just going to take this market money. We'll take the TV money. Oh, happy days. You know we're all good. But if you look at their team, there's huge holes in there. But it's not it's not completely trash. It's not you know. Um, that's why I didn't put them in the bottom. I just felt that like they, they had a couple more wins in them than the other teams. I th- like actually winning a game. I'm not quite sure the Jags will win a game. Uh, they might beat the Texans. They'll probably beat us. You know, you know that's what happened. They'll just beat us. Um, but I, I do think that Joe Burrow can bring something exciting to the team. So that might lift them. And they were in a number of close games last season. So just, I, I, but uh, but I totally agree that uh, they're just a, it's just a franchise that doesn't want to win. Exactly. I envisage the uh, the Jags doing similar to the Dolphins. So it's going to be a sort of zero and ten 
and then they might win a couple of games when they can actually be bothered. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they get, I can see them starting really, really badly. Um, and I can only concur with what you said about the Bengals as well. I mean, if, if they actually wanted, ever wanted to do anything as a franchise, they had a quarterback on their books who won them a playoff game. The only playoff game they'd have ever have won whilst I've been watching the NFL. It was lost for them by the defence. And then the minute Andy Dolson, who shits his pants every time he plays on live television, was back and healthy, they put him back in and, and carried on playing him. It's just, like you say, it's, <laughs> it's just, like you say, they're just not bothered, are they? Exactly. So, well, that's our predictions for the NFL season. Uh, we'll probably be hugely wrong as we were last year. Uh, from a hobby perspective, can you give us a hot rookie and a hot vet? that you think will be worth investing in? Uh, let's start with the draft guru himself, uh, Ryan Slaughter. Thank God, because you've probably all got the same person, I think. Um, <laughs> um, I, I can't see past Clive Edwards-Lair um, in terms of a hobby, from a hobby, purely from a hobby perspective. Uh, you're joining a team that's just won a Super Bowl. Um, and yes, we don't have, you know, pre-season games and that, but we, he's had a lot of hype. I mean, a lot of hype. And why not? Uh, he, you know, he he fits that offense so well. Uh, I didn't have him necessarily rated as the best court, uh, best running back in this draft, but he's explosive. He's got exceptional agility. He's basically he is built like how the Chiefs have built that that offense. You know, quick, shifty, um, agile, um, and he can do both things. So he can he can he can he can go you know north to south but he can also come out the backfield and he can be a willing receiver so he just fits that offense so well uh, I'm not saying I, I, I said that I think around draft I didn't think he was the most naturally gifted running back or in this draft but as a fit at the Chiefs it's just too good to be true and um, and so it'll be really interesting I, and I, I really can't get past him in terms of a, a short-term investment um, because running backs are a short-term investment in the, in the hobby. There's no long-term projection at running back um, because of the a because of the nature mainly of the actual position itself. Um, there's only very limited amount of running backs in sort of modern few last few years that have been able to sustain value. Um, people, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is probably one of the one of the better examples. But uh, yeah, Clive Edwards, Hilaire for me. Dan, who's your uh, rookie to watch, mate? So, you're not going to watch him this year at all. Um, and his prices are already reasonably high, but they're not top, top end when you compare them to like Burrow and Tour and people like that. Um, for me, it's Jordan Love. Assuming that the Packers do things the right way. Now, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the Packers have pissed Rodgers off and they've drafted his air elect and all this sort of thing. Um, you guys were all watching football when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers and did exactly the same thing to Brett Favre. And we, we were having the same conversations then. They've pissed, they've pissed Favre off, they've drafted, they've drafted his predecessor, blah, 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 blah. And look at how well that turned out. Now, if they can play it very carefully, very sensibly, even if he sits for two, three years before he takes over from Rodgers, um, then I, I think you're going to have one hell of a quarterback there. I've been sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years. OK. Uh, I'm going quarterback as well. Another one that's uh, low risk, possible high reward. I'm going with uh, James Morgan, drafted by the New York Jets. I don't think Sam Darnold is the answer there. I think he'll get bombed out within a couple of seasons. And I think James Morgan will get a chance in, in, in two years' time. And if he, he can grasp it, then his car prices will probably go from $30 up to $400, $450 a time. So, yeah, I, I think it's we've all agreed now that the way to make money is to, if you hit any quarterback, never, ever give that card away. Just pop it away somewhere and just hope that two or three years down the line, the guy does actually do something, gets a chance. So, and like I said, a guy like James Morgan, who's buried uh, down the depth chart behind Flacco's the number two at the Jets this season. Low price, mm. stick away, 
buy four or five of his cards, and if he does nothing at all, then what have you lost? You've lost about seventy-five, eighty dollars or something. So taking a risk on round one players of any position, their card prices are quite high, so it's not really uh, not really a way to flip as such because the prices are so high they have to actually do something for you to make any money on there so yeah James Morgan my guy uh, I'm sure you boys thought I was going to go down the homer route and go with uh, Jacob Eason down in Indianapolis I think he'll have a good career he's got a, a stunning arm uh, but no but no, I'm, I'm staying away from the Huskies for once so yeah James Morgan is my man uh, right then uh, veterans that we think could be good value at the moment uh, let's go back to you Ryan um, well, because I, I think the Cowboys are going to be very good this year, uh, I, I think it's the time to start buying some Dak Prescott. Um, I think that uh, he has suffered. Uh, his Obviously, his prices are fairly high. You know, you're going to have to be a, a, a certain level to, to invest in Mr. Prescott at the moment. But um, I think that um, he's got such a array of weapons you know um you know mari cooper cd lamb now michael gallup zeke Elliott. not a big fan of their tight ends but you know hey ho um but he's got all that around him he's got one of the better offensive lines around him um uh, and for me i think that it, this could be he, he I, I think that he has everything around him um to put him into a potential mvp bracket not saying he will be. I'm just saying that he's got all the weapons around him now that could put him into contention if he has a solid, uh, a, a, a really good season. So, um, amongst that Prescott might not be the uh, the low end investment that you want, but uh, uh, but I certainly would be holding on to those Dak Prescott 2016 rookie cards. Isn't he still playing under a one year franchise tag? Yep, he's been franchise tag. I mean, we could talk all night about. It. Contracts. It's been pretty, pretty, pretty mental um, uh, 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 summer, but um, I just can't see if he has a really, if he has a really good season this season, or even just a good season. When he had a good season last season, he was, you know, leading one of the top offenses in in the NFL. How can you not make him at least the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? That's that's just how the world works. So. And they've let his price go up and up. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what their tactic was with it. I don't understand it. So hopefully some cowboy fans will 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 message me and 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 and, and let me know where I'm going wrong. Is but I just I think they completely balls this one up. Okay, Dan, who's your vet to invest in? So I've got a uh, I've got a more moderately priced one for you to for you to get in on. However, it is a quick flip. Um, so for me, Mike Evans, one of uh, what I would consider one of the better wide receivers um, within the NFL, has just had possibly the best quarterback upgrade that anybody's ever going to have in the NFL and is going to have Brady chucking at him for a year. And I think from what I've been reading, they've already got a good connection. I think Evans has actually might have picked up an injury and might not play week one. But I think over the course of the season it'll all play out and you know Brady passing to him is going to make him look good and better than better than probably Winston passing to him ever did um, and I think come the end of the year hopefully that's seen a price boost for you and I'd, I'd get rid then because I don't think Brady plays for two years in Tampa Bay that's just my opinion um, so that would be the end of it for me but that would be my uh, quick flip for one year this is the Mike Evans that went on IR for the last eight weeks of the season with a hamstring injury and has re-injured that hamstring two days ago. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's not. It's, he's not. He's injured. 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 Is like he isn't out for six weeks. He might. He's only tweaked it. He might be out for the first week of the season. He'll be fine. Okay. With old noodle arm Brady down there now. <laughs> well. The big everyone thinks the Bucks are going to like win the Super Bowl and not concede a, a point. By the way, all these people are just blowing smoke up their asses. Yeah, you've got. A I would, I'm, I'm not. I but, wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I'd be. I mean, they might push the Saints for the playoff spot, but I, I, st- I see the Saints beating them out. Yeah, but all the uh, all the other podcasts you read a lot of like the, the national guys. They're just. I think it, the trouble is a lot of the mainstream 
national guys that do the shows, the podcasts and stuff that we all like listen to now and then. I think they all have friends inside the business and it's, it's very clicky. So no one's going to say that the Bucks could be shit because they've got Brady now and he's like, if he was still good, the Patriots would have kept him, let's be honest. Belichick doesn't screw up like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not on the... In that, like, sort of camper, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this amazing offense-type sort of camp. But I think when you look at some recent teams that have been overhyped by the media, like the Cleveland Browns last preseason, where the media literally was just running out of Kleenex every time they were talking about how amazing the Browns were going to be and Baker Mayfield was the best thing ever in the world and OBJ, oh my God, you know, who hasn't really performed for God knows how long um, and certainly doesn't in the playoffs. So, but what I do see is I do see a good team like a, 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 with, a, with an offense that has weapons all across it um, with a probably the single greatest leader of an offense that we've seen in the NFL who yes has regressed as in terms of what he can do but then I'm I'm just really more intrigued to see what he can do with all these weapons because I don't think he's had this type of a setup with with receivers for a very long time he hasn't had that that that, that uh, and also I, I just can't bet against Bruce Arians because I I really have a soft spot for Bruce Arians I think he's an outstanding coach but defensively I don't care what anybody says defense wins championships and yes actually the Chiefs wouldn't even got to the Super Bowl if they that front hadn't stepped up against us because they were phenomenal phenomenal against us that's why the Chiefs won that game. Um, so don't give me all that bullshit about Chiefs. No, defense does win championships. And and I just don't think their defense is good enough to hold back some of the offensive um, talent in, 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 in the NFC. So, um, But I think they'll be good. It'll be fun to see how well Brady does do. But I, I he's, he is on a different level and I think he'll manage it and him and Arians I think it, I'd, I'd love to be in a fly on a wall in like you know the coaches QB meetings that'd be awesome <laughs> right then uh, one veteran left uh, that's coming from me uh, I think a man that Dan kind of touched on a little bit earlier through going with Jordan Love I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing with some fire this year because he knows his replacement has been drafted. He's um, a stubborn, niggly, angry man at times. <laughs> and I think that's going to spur him on to, to have a great season. And when everyone talks about hobby prices, even veterans, uh, Russell Wilson's getting loads of love these days. His car prices have, have almost trebled in the last year. All the rookies, you've got, obviously you've got, like Ryan said, you've got Dak, you've got Mahomes, the Sean Watson's prices are going through the roof. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is quite overlooked. His prices aren't cheap, but I think if you invested in some of his cards now, whilst everyone else is snapping up all the rookies and uh, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson and such like, I think when it comes to four or five years' time, once he's he's finally hung up the, the cleats, then I think you'll get some, some substantial profit on your card. So that'd be my vet to uh, invest in not a cheap investment but uh, nothing seems to be this day in the hobby right then gentlemen anything else we need to cover before we uh, sit back and relax and, and let the NFL season begin so do we think that we'll finish the season oh I think we will but I think the Super Bowl might not be on is it the 7th of February it's supposed to be this year yeah I think it might be on something like the 7th of March so I think we could be seeing uh yeah, because what happens if if one team suddenly has a COVID infection that they have fifteen players knocked out? Are are they just supposed to play? <sighs> that's that's what I mean. I mean, I, I think that the, the NFL is so confident about its pro, and it has done an amazing job. Unless they're completely lying, they have done up to this point an amazing job. If you compare it with other 
sports in terms cough, of... Cough, I'll be cough. <clears throat> Carry on. But, you know, uh, with what's happened, so it, it, if it carries on, you know, what, you know, it really does prove if you put a lot of money <laughs> into... Um, into securing people's health that it really does work um but um i think college football in my view is 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 i really don't see it lasting to the end of the season okay Uh, i have a question i have a question for you both how do you both feel about fans in stadiums and i'm looking at this from the angle of like Fans in stadiums, I don't care if, you know, they want to make themselves bad and catch COVID because they're sitting with another 50,000 stupid people who want to catch COVID. That's up to them. I'm I'm really not asked. But I don't see how, as an organisation, as a league, that you can say it's a level playing field that the Giants, the Jets, the Wielders are banned from having any fans in for the literally the entirety of the season, doesn't matter how far they go. And yet the Chiefs are going to have twenty thousand fans in, whatever it is tonight. That for me, that's really not a not not cool like. I think it's it's a proper unfair advantage for for some teams, some of the home games. Is it an unfair advantage for the Giants then? Because after the two quarters you've got all your fans Barracking your players and burning them and throwing shit on the sidelines. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. If you're going to say, oh, yeah. if you're going to, you've got to just either have, you've got to either have no fans or fans. You can't. There can't be any middle. I can't see how there's a middle ground. I can't see how you can say every team that goes into the into Arrowhead this year, all eight of them are going to have to play in front of twenty thousand people that are giving them shed loads of abuse and yet all eight teams that come into Giant Stadium have got just silence and you know there's no sort of home field advantage it's not just the Giants is it there is other teams I don't think the LA teams are allowed fans either um, but, but you know it just you can't stop teams from from getting crowds in it if they want to a league wide ban on fans I think is probably a bit too far it's down to the the governors of the states where, where the teams play to to allow fans to come if they don't want to do it, then they've probably got good reason to do it. The whole thing, we could probably talk about going down different routes and talk about COVID and stuff like that. You, over here now, they've got some sort of secondary mini lockdown sort of thing coming up where you can only have six people in one place or whatever, but no one's going with it because we're getting... Well, but the two, thing is, you can't... And I, I personally... I just think the league needed to actually set something, and it and it and it and it needed to have some provisos on in terms of it. But we're in COVID, and we're not a science show here. Um, we're also not a conspiracy theory show either. Like we have a reality grasp of what is going on. But I'm just going to back up Dan's point. Like the latest statistics in terms of New York State, five hundred fifty-seven. Right, te- uh, positive tests, right? 557. Nice going down, like nerdy bottoming out for them, right? In the state of Missouri, 773. So this isn't, if it was about science, there wouldn't, the New York would allow to be our fans. No, no, there would be a no fans. Um, and But we can't, you know, we're not a science program. We're not. A, it's just not right. The NFL should have stepped in and said, "We will take. We will. We'll, we'll say this is the percentage of fans you can have into the stadium." But they can't do that because it's not their place to do that. It's the state who can dictate what happens with major sporting events within each state. The NFL could have stepped in and said, "No, you're not." End of story. You know, make it a level playing field. Nobody has fans in. Tough shit for me. But they've, they've obviously chosen not to, which is almost typical of the NFL. They don't want to stand on anybody's toes, do they? So, no, it's, yeah, but, it's not. Let, let's not get too political. They've, <laughs> they've got pretty political, and which is unusual for them over the last few months. But uh, yeah, on this fair. one, no. And I, I agree as a baseline. I'm just saying that that's just the, the, the reality is something different, isn't it? 
Um, And it's something that we maybe over here are not absolutely used to. I mean, we've got 8 million um, NFL fans and they don't need to keep, let people suck eggs all the time about it, but it's completely different. And um, I think you're right. The NFL should have stepped in, but when it's come back to your question, it's not going to be a level playing field across the whole season on this issue. It's just not. Exactly. Right. Well, I think we've been babbling on for probably over an hour now. Once Ryan edits it down, we're probably down to about seven minutes of good quality stuff. But uh, <laughs> if you troll through the other 53 minutes, you'll, uh, you'll be a trooper. And we might add you to our, to our Patreon site. No, we're not doing that. We're not going to uh, ask for money from you people because we won't get any. So it's all good. Right then, gentlemen, what have we got? plan for the uh, festivities this weekend for the NFL games are we watching at home are we working or what's happening home yeah I'm uh, unfortunately I'm working tomorrow so I can't watch tonight I'll catch up with it at work tomorrow um, but I've got lots of chicken wings planned for Sunday yeah I, I, I'm gonna use the fact that it was my birthday this week to have nachos nice I'm gonna do like fully Eight. loaded lap nachos big pile yeah, I'm working very early tomorrow morning, so I won't be watching the game tonight. Uh, but Sunday evening, I think it's going to be NFL Red Zone for me uh, with the Seahawks game on in my earpiece. Uh, see how long that lasts before I start frying things against the wall. I get frustrated, but anyway. Right then, gentlemen. This is episode 25, Done and Dice. We'll be back, uh, episode 26 in a couple of weeks. We had, we had about a month gap this time. Uh, but the boys were away on holiday. Uh, I think Ryan was in the Isle of Wight and Dan was down in Devon in the uh, <laughs> in the torrential rain and, and gales, which his pictures are quite entertaining. Uh, so then, gentlemen, till the next time, a couple of weeks from now, we will meet again and discuss what's been going on in the hobby and on the NFL field. I've been Brian Walter and with my compadres, Mr. Daniel here and Mr. Ryan Sorter. Been a pleasure and we'll catch up with you episode 26 in a couple of weeks' time. Happy collecting. Come on, Dan, get it in. Oh, yeah, sorry, thanks for listening. I was waiting for Ryan. <laughs> oh, no, I've done it. I don't mind. This happened last time. I had to edit the whole bloody thing. It took me ages. Thank you.